Welcome, Whovians. This is Woke Doctor Who. This podcast is about race and representation in Doctor Who. If that's not where you're here, bye. But if you are here for passionate discussions about race, gender, sexual orientation, etc., then allons-y. If your kids are any younger than kind of teenaged, this is probably not the place for them. We're not promising to be tame in the future, you guys. Okay, so this is at least a PG-13 podcast. (laughs) At least. This is Eugenia and Toya and welcome to Woke Doctor Who. Hi and welcome back to our podcast where now we are having our holiday episode and we're super happy about it. Happy Christmas Hanukkah everybody. (laughs) We're sitting here with our mugs of hot chocolate Mm -hmm. that Eugenia made for us. They are delicious, and it's basically just melted chocolate in a mug. It is the best stuff I've ever tasted, and I don't like chocolate. Yes, I don't really either. And so this is my sort of attempt to make hot chocolate that I would like. It's delicious. So if you hear slurping and swallowing, we are so sorry for those of you (laughs) who have whatever that thing is that you hate hearing people chew and swallow. We're so sorry. But we deserve this. This is our end of the year episode. And it's all about being fun and festive. So go ahead and grab yourself a mug of whatever your favorite warm drink is and sit a spell with us. Mm -hmm. The word spell is a good segue (laughs) because today's episode is when fandoms collide. So Eugenia and I are both, of course, Whovians, but we're also Potterheads. Yay! So for this episode... Let's talk about where all of the folks in the Hooniverse fall in the Harry Potter houses. Woohoo! Woo! So, um, we are going to be giving our assessment mm-hmm. of, so this is our own Woke Doctor Who sorting hat yes, episode. Yes, yes. Um, we, of course, nobody ever agrees 100%. Of course so, not. Yes, but we will be discussing and we will be trying to give our um, evidence. We're going to try to persuade we, you. Yeah, we are. Now, we know that some of you will probably not agree mm-hmm. with where we sort the characters in the universe. And we're totally fine with that. We want to hear from you. Try to persuade yes. us. Okay. This is not serious. All right. <laughs> JK has absolutely nothing to do with this podcast. We have not verified any of this through her. Yes. This is just us having fun with it. All yes. right. And we figure, you know, these are both two iconic British exports right. in terms of fandom that right. have like equally huge fandoms built behind them. So Mm. we think that it's time for us to really delve into this. So let's actually start by saying what we, what we feel like we are. And I will, like, I will always give room for dual houses. So if you have a dual house. All right. What is yours? Okay. So I am a proud Ravenclaw. (laughs) You just held up the fist. You have to see like there's a Ravenclaw fist (laughs) happening. I'm a proud Ravenclaw. However, if you know me at all, I will say that I am a Ravenclaw with Gryffindor rising. Like there is a part of me that is all 
lion heart, all aggression and bravery and who gives an F. <laughs> so I am a Ravendor. Yes. Let's say that. Yes. And I am also likewise a proud Ravenclaw. Woo! I live in the realm of the mind and yes. that's always how I'm going to be. But my second house this is something that I guess is controversial for some people Ooh. because if it's not like Gryffindor, people are like, what? Um, but, um, my second house, and in fact, the first time I took the Pottermore quiz, this is what I got, mm. um, is Slytherin. Ooh. <laughs> and a lot of it, <laughs> I mean, and this is, so, this is something being a Slytherdor. Oh, wait, what was it? Slitherclaw. Slitherclaw. Being yeah. a Slitherclaw, I really feel the need to redeem Slytherin. Mm-hmm. Cause the main thing is that what I think of as Slytherin is just, they're ruled by their ambition. Yes. And, um, one of the things that, uh, you know, as we've been chatting about this, like, <clears throat> two of the houses are heart, not head. Yep. And two of the houses are head, not heart. Yes. And the two houses that are head, not heart are, uh, are Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw and Slytherin. That's right. So most of the decisions they're, they're making are not, like, you know, realm of the heart. They're yes. very much logical. Yeah. And they're very much – so where I see Slytherin really sitting is that – well, I want to make this decision on my own mm-hmm. and it's based on whatever motivation I have, yeah, but what it's benefits me. me. Yeah, yeah, it's me. And so <laughs> I'm an only child. And so <laughs> of course I would be a Slytherin or at least half Slytherin, but I definitely, I'm such a Ravenclaw that it's, yeah, it's very funny because there have been times, especially on social media where I'm like, it doesn't make sense. And Miss <laughs> Toya, who is half the heart, not head, because the heart, not heads are the Griffin. Door and, and the Hufflepuffs, <laughs> and you have had I to pull me back. Gryffindor. Yeah, you've had to pull me back and be like, "Oh no, no, this is because they're Gryffindors." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, yeah. that's like, come on why back. you're being a Ravenclaw." Right yeah, now. Come on. <laughs> yes. I mean, we are both proud nerds, mm-hmm. and we feel no shame in saying that we are clever and that we think about things. We're analytical, so we have no shame about that. And I have to say, as somebody who loves quite a few Slytherins, Slytherins get a bad rap. Yes. Okay. And I'm here to tell you that Eugenia is one of my favorite people on the planet. So don't come for her. Okay. (laughs) If you have something to say about the Slytherins, you're going to have to go through me. And trust me when I say you don't want to do that. Yes. And (laughs) in the same, in the same sense, I'm really tired of people being like, oh, Gryffindor is boring. Gryffindor is cool. I mean, I know we, we want to be special. Yeah. And so everyone wants to shy away from Gryffindor because Uh, our our super three, our heroic three are all Gryffindors. But Gryffindor is really great because in our society we need a lot more bravery than we currently have. We need people who are willing to fight the battles um, come with me. So it's nothing wrong with being brave. I love all of the houses. Mm -hmm. I have to say, of course, I'm a proud Ravenclaw. But if I had to say what my favorite house was, I'd pick Hufflepuff. Me too. But, I mean... My daughter is a Hufflepuff. Eugenia's husband is a Hufflepuff. So we're not objective here. We're right. totally biased. Right. My favorite people in the world are Hufflepuff. And let's talk about Hufflepuff pride. Because, oh my, it is 
It you is, know, it is I'm real. sitting there and going through any like any nerd website that sells anything Hufflepuff. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, which one of these things will will my husband like? Yes, because he wants all things Hufflepuff. Yes, if he could dress head to toe in Hufflepuff, mm-hmm. he would. Oh yeah, somehow, any way he can, he would do it. Oh yeah. So my yes. kid is obsessed, and she's so super proud of who she is. Like, there's total badger pride happening, um, <laughs> and she defies anybody who's like. Ugh, those Hufflepuffs. I defy anybody who says, ugh, those Hufflepuffs. Because if there's anything that we need is loyalty. Yes. We need people who are loyal and stubborn about sticking with the people that they love and defending them at all costs. Mm-hmm. There is a great degree of courage in people who are willing to do that. The folks who will stand by their friends. And if we're going to be reminded that in the last battle... The Gryffindor stayed and almost as many Hufflepuffs stayed. Mm -hmm. Hufflepuffs stayed because they were going to go down with the ship. They were going to go down fighting with these folks who had become family Mm -hmm. over these years. They were fighting for their school. Yes. Yes. And the main thing about about Hufflepuff and why they're so important is just the idea that, you know, in the very early song that we hear the, mm. the Sorting Hat sing, Helga Hufflepuff says, I'll take them all. That's right. And that's really vital yeah. because we don't have institutions like that. That's right. We don't. We, Hufflepuff we pick and choose. And that's Hufflepuff, right. the thing that makes it valuable, the thing that makes it important is not just the concept. Like one of my favorite memes is like, okay, so we've all accepted that there are four types of kids brave evil smart and miscellaneous yeah (laughs) but there's something to be said for someone who is saying or like a vision Mm -hmm. that is saying we want to be inclusive yeah we see so little of that yeah we see a lot of well you have to qualify for this that's right but we don't see any institutions that are truly inclusive and that is what makes hufflepuff good hufflepuff house says you deserve to learn because you exist Mm -hmm. everybody deserves an equal chance at learning that's such a beautiful thing and it's something we should carry into our world more all right so now that we have defended (laughs) we've defended all the houses we've defended all of our houses If I had to choose and I had to go down fighting under one banner, I'm going down under the Ravenclaw. Same. (laughs) Well, so we've chosen. We have identified ourselves. So now that you know where we sort... Let's talk about the folks from the Hooniverse. All right, where are we going to start? We're going to start with the doctors. And let's talk, start, like, let's talk through all the doctors and then we'll get to the companions. All right, right, so nine. Nine. Eccleston. Where do we sort him? He is definitely a Gryffindor. He's definitely a Gryffindor. And a lot of it, like, even encapsulated in his, uh, like, I guess his uh, iconic phrase, mm-hmm. fantastic. fantastic. He just wants to dive right in. Mm-hmm. He wa- he is painted in primary colors. I don't remember where I heard that phrase before, but I love it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's such a Gryffindor thing. Painted in primary colors. Mm-hmm. It's in black and white. There's yep. good and there is bad. It's all of one thing or yes. all of the other. And yeah. that is very much Yes, Eccleston. that is very much Eccleston. Yeah. Um, and I even like the fact that the the show starts up again with a Gryffindor. Yeah. So we start up with the man who's come ready to fight. Um, he's fierce. He's not held back by any kind of fear. And this is the doctor who has just come off of the war, right? So we had the war doctor and then we have Eccleston, yeah. right? And so... Yeah, 
yeah, just the fact that he goes like barreling full speed ahead. In mm-hmm. fact, when we first see him, he's like barreling, literally, literally barreling. barreling full speed ahead into danger. Um, and he run, run. It's like yes. his first run. Word. So I love the idea that this version of the doctor is the one who literally is ready to fight any and all comers. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's ready to, um, He's just very ready to jump to mm-hmm. any side yeah. that he deems um to be the best. I'm not the best, but you know, the the one most deserving of him. Yes. He is jumping wholeheartedly into that. Yeah. Very much heart not head. Yeah. I, like if he was a Ravenclaw or a Slytherin, he'd be like, Let me think about mm, right. this a little bit. Because yeah. you know, I know in the same situation I would be like, yeah. Let me think about He's this. He's very a bit. I need a hero. Like yes. I hear that oh, play no. in the background when I think of him. <laughs> I need a hero. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like that is kind of playing in my head when I think about him. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yes. So he is he is the bright knight upon the fiery steed. Uh I guess. Like the yes. TARDIS is his fiery steed. Yes. yes. <laughs> the TARDIS as the fiery steed. I like it. Yes. So yes. yes, he is our hero who is running to the rescue. And so I love I love that as our very first sight of the doctor again in yes. the in the new who. Right. And especially since the last doctor that we saw before it, I know that you and mm-hmm. I actually I haven't seen this movie at all either. But um the previous doctor, whose name I'm just blanking on at this point, was this Byron-esque, mm-hmm. Byron-esque figure who was, oh my God, why am I blanking on his name? He was also in Luther. He's a dude from Luther. Yeah. Why, oh, why do I want no. to say McGinnis? It's something, yeah, mi- mix, mix something. But, oh no. Ugh. McCann. McCann. Patrick McCann. <laughs> Not I'm actually, pa- Patrick no. David? No. David McCann? I can't remember. McCann. Oh my God. Y'all are yeah, going to get sorry. on this. It doesn't sorry. matter. Okay. It doesn't Just, matter. Whatever. But you yeah. know who we're talking about. He was a very Byron-esque figure yeah. and he was very much like a Ravenclaw type yeah, yeah, figure. Yeah. And so to have the series as it stood at that point end on that and then to start, you know, guns blazing with a yes. Gryffindor made so much sense. If anything was going to like revive the series it was going to be a Gryffindor. Yep. Like that's what we want from our heroes. You're right. Yeah. You're right. All right. So, now <laughs> that we have decided that 9 is definitely a Gryffindor, Paul. Paul, Paul McCann. McCann. I knew it was a P. <laughs> I knew it was a P. Paul, okay? Don't get on us. Paul McCann. We yes. we know. All right. So, 10. Where do we sort 10? 10 can be encapsulated in his Word. well, his second phrase, which was I'm, I'm clever. clever. <laughs> Because I'm clever. That's right. That might as well be the subtitle for for Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. I don't remember what their actual motto is. That's right. Yeah. It is. Oh, God. It'll come back to me in a minute. It'll come to me in a minute. What the Ravenclaw actual motto is. But whatever it is. Yeah. Like, you know. That's what it is. It is. That's really. Because I'm clever. That really is what it is. Yeah. And so Because I'm clever. He's as Ravenclaw as they come. He really is. He. And I love that. And this is one of the reasons why he's He's both of our favorites. That's right. Uh, (laughs) That's right. Because if we could be a doctor, we would probably be David Tennant. Yes, we would. Yeah. (laughs) Like how we are in our daily lives. Yes. Um, and I don't know, like, I guess we, like, a lot of this is so based on feeling. So we feel he's a Ravenclaw. Oh, 
of course. But, but I, I mean, mean, he pretty much says it right out. Right. Like, his because response I'm clever. To is because he's clever. Right. Yeah. And I don't think like there, there's any question that he should belong in any other right. house. That version of, of that. the doctor, he sees himself that way. Like yeah. he sees himself as kind of, uh, the learned mm-hmm. being who knows more than yeah. all of these other folks. Yeah. Um, and that's why he is the one who's fit to ride to the rescue. By the way, the motto is wit beyond measure is man's greatest treasure. That um, <laughs> says because I'm clever. That, and that's yes. basically what it means. I, e, we because exist I'm because clever. we're clever. Yes. Um, and so, yes, David Tennant's version of the doctor is absolutely a Ravenclaw. Mm. He even dresses like one. Yes. He, like, he dresses like the nerd dude. Like yes. he has his little pinstripe suit. And, and he his has chucks. his chucks. He has his little glasses. Yes. And his trench coat. Like he literally looks yes. like the nerd who got dressed up. Yep. Yeah. I mean, pretty much whenever we try to dress up, like yeah. formally, that's kind of that's what kind we of go what it with. Looks like. <laughs> Actually, one of my favorite, like, go-to work outfits is like a blazer, jeans, and chucks. There you and, go. And like some clever shirt. Yeah. So uh, pretty much, pretty much, that's what we do. Yeah. That's We're lovers of chucks, by the way. Yeah. I was wearing chucks today. Yeah. <laughs> so, I didn't um, yeah. because I have not left the house today. <laughs> so whoops. when I came to Eugenia's house, I was wearing chucks. I'm now barefoot because we've gotten comfy. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> but they are among my favorite shoes. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we have our very beloved tenant who is quite clearly a proud member of our house. And I think that while his version of the doctor is a Ravenclaw, I think probably if you ask David Tennant, David Tennant would sort himself into Ravenclaw. I think so, too. Like yeah. he's, to- he's totally a huge geek. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When you think about how he came to the series, or like how, how he was a fan prior. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess all of them were, but yeah. like everything about him as a person, like I remember seeing something where he was talking about his process for his Hamlet mm. and thinking, watching that and being like, Oh my God, he's just so, such he's such a nerd mm-hmm. and he's so just like, all in his mind like so much of it just comes right out of his brain and i love that because you know i will say that you know i don't think that ravenclaws get it get as much like negativity directed as at them Mm. as maybe slytherin does but you know we're we live in a society that very much prefers the heart not head people uh, the heart not head types and that's Mm -hmm. great you know it's really great that someone is in it with their whole heart Mm -hmm. but i feel like the head not heart types the head not heart houses we need us the world needs people who are willing to analyze a little deeper right right and think it through before running into stuff think it through (laughs) i am not always that person you guys well it's your gryffindor part of me runs headlong into stuff while i am spewing all of the facts i know about the situation (laughs) at you I'm running into the war and I'm telling you why I'm right as I'm running in. <laughs> that is the Gryffindor in me speaking. It's also the cancer in me. Like oh, yes. My very big, I feel everything with my entire being. And yeah. I feel it all. But what I feel deeply is that I am smart. Yes. <laughs> I feel deeply that I know better than you. Yes. <laughs> So not only do I know that I know better than you, I feel deep in my heart that I know better. (laughs) Because I'm clever. Because I am clever, you guys. Yes. Also, if you ask my boyfriend, I also say because I am cute. Mm. (laughs) That is a reason for just about everything I do. Yeah, I feel like cute is intersectional. I feel like anyone, (laughs) anyone anyone can be cute. cute. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think I feel like that is the Gryffindor part of me though. Yeah, like, and I'm cute. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Say yes to me. What? Yes, come I'm on. I'm smart and cute. Oh my duh. god. Yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Matt Smith. So Matt Smith's version of the Doctor. Eleven. Where do we sort him? Oh God. Okay. So he is very much clearly, very much clearly a Hufflepuff. Clearly a Hufflepuff. <laughs> like ah, oh, I just oh, the thing that is so great about him that I didn't get initially because somehow, even though I married a Hufflepuff, mm. somehow it takes me a second to recognize. One. Yeah, it takes me a second to realize that that Hufflepuffs. <laughs> that that the Hufflepuffs in our in in my midst are are worth my time. No, it mm-hmm. sounds terrible, but like you know what I'm saying. No, like, I get it. The the Hufflepuff is an acqu- it's not an acquired taste. It's something that it's below the surface. Yes. yes, and it takes diving into. And then once you're there, you're like, oh my gosh, where was this? Yeah, they're not I, the this ones is, who declare themselves. Yes. They don't assert themselves in yes. the same way. Yeah. And so just thinking about um Matt Smith coming into this series, mm. um, how he came in as Raggedy Man, mm-hmm. as a friend to a little girl, mm-hmm. and that, oh, it's so darling. Oh, that it's first scene so where he's trying all the darling. food. Yes! He's like, what oh, is this? Because that's rubbish. such a Hufflepuff yes. thing, too. To feed me, take yes. me immediately to the yes. kitchen. Like, the yes. first thing he does is goes immediately to the kitchen with yes. this little girl and tries yes. food. Yes, because, yeah. like, wasn't it the most of the Hufflepuffs know the secret way into the kitchen to tickle the pear? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so, like, and I don't remember where the Hufflepuffs puffs they're in the basement are. and they're i the think they're next to next the kitchen, to the kitchen. Yeah. yeah so so food everything is about them is about the hearth yes. and the home yes yeah. hearth and home and food yeah because that's how that's it exactly who he is and i mean you even see in this version of the doctor that he has his family on yes. the artist with him <laughs> you know that he travels time and space at least in the beginning he travels with his family mm-hmm. he has amy and rory who are his best friends but they're also his family mm-hmm. and then they ha- and then he has River, who is literally his family yeah. because he marries her, which yeah. then makes Amy and Rory literally his family because yeah. they're his in-laws. Yeah. And we even see one episode where he shows up at their house on Christmas and they're like, oh, so you're not dead then. Come yeah. on in. Mm-hmm. And and it's very much we set a place for you every – of course we set a place for you every mm-hmm. year. Come on. And so a very big part of him is – is about how he wants to be surrounded by people who love him. He mm-hmm. wants to love people. He wants to have a family. Yes. And it's wonderful. And we even see like his little interactions there that, oh, the Christmas episode, um, with the kids. It always feels like the, uh, oh, that one, the yes. line, the witch in the world. Yeah. The Narnia one. Yeah. 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 So it's like the Narnia one where I'm just like, this is so, it's so sweet. It's a child's bedtime story almost mm-hmm. that episode. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of his stuff revolves around family life and warmth and what does family look like yep. for being like him. Yes. And he, yeah. out of all the doctors is so fiercely loyal to them mm-hmm. that every decision he's going to make the first thing is is it okay for family yeah. is it is it the right decision for my family is yeah. it the right decision for amy and rory if not we're not doing it mm-hmm. you know and and i oh, it's lo- i love that because we very rarely see that actually presented as a heroic yeah. um a heroic a trait yeah. yeah in in our media because we we are a society that prefers the lone wolf mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. As much as we try to thump family and loyalty and all of that stuff, we um, 
as a society tend towards the lone wolf. Yeah, we want to reward best for me. Yeah, we want to reward the solo champion. We yep. want to reward the singular hero. And so it's so nice to see a character that's really out there and you know that the decisions he's going to make are for his family mm-hmm. and for the loyalty that he has towards people. And that's so great. And he didn't have any problem with letting the rest of them be the heroes too. Like he didn't have any problem with sharing the spotlight with them. And so he didn't always run to the rescue by himself. You know, Amy and Rory were there. River was there. And so there were other people who were saving the universe with him. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so beautiful. But what I loved a lot about him is that he showed the fierceness of a Hufflepuff out of all of the doctors. Matt Smith's doctor is the only one that ever made me afraid. Mm. Tenet had times of being fierce, right? Eccleston had times. Capaldi has times. It's something about Matt Smith who looks like, at least in this in this character, he looks like an overgrown child. Mm-hmm. And he was always very kind of bouncy and fun and free. When it got to times when he was not being that way and all of the fun, all of the whimsy seeped out of him and he became steel Mm -hmm. that to me gave me like a chill like that I find I find so powerful and scary in the best way yeah that you can only go so far and when you have crossed the line you really need to be afraid for your life and I've seen that in the Hufflepuffs I know I've seen that in my own child Mm -hmm. who is very much not confrontational Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to fight she doesn't want to have issues with anybody she doesn't even want to talk like she'd prefer to sit in a corner and be quiet until you do something that harms a friend or a family member my favorite story of your daughters and and she's going to hate us for talking about because she's um, going to hear yeah, this. Yes, she will hear this. But it was her saying, I don't know why you're talking to me. We're not going to be we're not, friends. We're not, I don't want to be your friend. Okay, so long story short, my child <laughs> is one of the very few people in the world who I've ever met who will literally say to somebody's face, I don't like you and I don't want to be your friend. <laughs> Even I don't really say that to people. I just have a way of ignoring folks that I want to leave me alone. Because if you ignore somebody long enough, they just go away. That's very Ravenclaw. <laughs> yes. Sarai does not ignore people because Mm -hmm. she feels like you deserve the respect of knowing exactly what's going on here. She's very direct. And I love that about her. And I think that's a very Hufflepuff trait that even with the people that you don't care for, they deserve your respect. Yeah. So she would never ignore anybody because she doesn't want them to feel like they don't matter. Yeah. But she is very sure about who she wants in her life and who she doesn't. And she will look you directly in the eye and say, okay, here's why you should stop trying. I don't really like you and I don't want to be your friend. (laughs) And she's not saying that to be cruel. Mm -mm. It's just the fact. I don't want to be your friend. You should stop trying to be my friend. (laughs) That is the way she is. And that feels very huffle. Yes. Yeah. And it's, I love... (sighs) So my favorite character of the of the kids in mm. Harry Potter is actually Neville, and I, I think love I love Neville. I love Neville, Neville is so totally a second Hufflepuff. He is, like, if yes. Gryffindor is his first house, Hufflepuff yes. is really yeah. Up there. And I think that 
actually he was mentioned that mentioned that yeah like the he mentioned that in the book a long time yes. to, yeah to choose and yeah. the fact that he of all the subjects he favors herbology mm-hmm. and that um uh what is her name uh professor sprout, sprout is yeah. the head of hufflepuff yes. house yeah um he is the hufflepuffiest of all of the gryffindors, all of the gryffindors. He and he's absolutely my is. favorite character and to see him in that last book mm-hmm. and the last movie i guess he's such a just, hero oh he's such a hero and it's he's such a hero he's a hero in such a hufflepuff way he's so sure of himself oh it's so i find this world would be a much worse place without hufflepuffs because out of all of them they're just so certain about themselves yes and they're so certain um that they their heart is in the right place and that's why that decision is being made yeah you know like oh i love that so much and i see that in matt smith he actually makes a very hufflepuff speech at the end neville where he's you know at that moment where he thinks harry is dead and he says okay lots of people have died but there are some of us left so So even if harry is dead i know you don't think the reason we're fighting is because of harry even if he's dead we're going to continue to fight you and i was like that is such a wonderful hufflepuffy thing to say (laughs) it really is that the reason we're fighting is because you're trying to harm us you're trying to hurt my family you're Mm -hmm. trying to hurt people i love you're trying to hurt a place that is home and I don't care if I'm the last person standing, then I'm going to fight you with my last breath. Yeah. It is the most beautiful thing ever. I still think that Neville and Hermione are the ultimate heroes yes, of I Harry agree. Potter. Yeah. But we'll but, have, we'll probably have a whole mini sode about that <laughs> but in yes. a future time. And you know, that same speech, Matt. Matt Smith could have made that yes, speech. Absolutely. He, he probably made versions of it. He probably has made it. some version yeah. of that speech. And so, yes, I think he is squarely in Hufflepuff. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. All right. And so now we have come to Capaldi's version of the doctor. And where do we sort him? Okay. So it seems so pat yes. that we've had four doctors so far and that they would each be four of the houses. So it was very easy. So we fought this. Yes. We fought to try to make Capaldi anything but a Slytherin. Anything but. But. But he's clearly a Slytherin. He's very much a Slytherin. <laughs> and the reason why is because, like I said, um, you know, Slytherins are very much driven by their ambition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're very solo actors. Like, I don't quite see anything like the cooperation. Like, I feel like Gryffindors have to really try to cooperate. Yes. I feel like Hufflepuffs can't help but cooperate. Right. I feel like Slytherins are trying to do anything but cooperate. Yeah. Oh, they're actively not cooperating. Yes. Yeah. And so I think that, um, you know, the, the most iconic Capaldi episodes mm. are the ones, uh, what was it? Hell bent and heaven sent. I mm. think are to me what is Capaldi. Mm-hmm. And then a lot, actually a lot of his season with um, Bill yeah. felt very Capaldi felt yes. very much like what I thought that doctor was going to be. Yes. Um, and at least with hell bent and heaven sent, he's on those as solo missions. Mm-hmm. He's taking on literally all of Gallifrey mm-hmm. by, himself. by himself. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Okay. So like, you know, you could say that, oh, well, that seems kind of Gryffindor-y. No, Gryffindors do need cooperation yeah. at least a little bit. So I think I, I really see when I look at Capaldi, I see the ambition. I see that I'm going to fix this myself. My, my concept of the world is the right one and I want to make it this way mm-hmm. and I can. Mm-hmm. And that seems very Slytherin. I know from a fact that I have thought things that way. So, uh, and that's the Slyther- Slytherin in me, you yeah. know, is the like, 
the world should be this way. Um, the way it is is incorrect mm-hmm. and I can make it this way and I'm the only one who can. Yeah. I think, you know, I think of the houses in the do what sentences. So the Gryffindors do what's brave. Mm-hmm. The Ravenclaws do what's clever. The Hufflepuffs do what's kind. The Slytherins do what's necessary. Yes. And so, yes, I see Capaldi is very much a by any means necessary type of dude that he has a a goal in mind, that version of the doctor, and he will do anything to get to that goal. So he's very much kind of morally ambiguous. He's the least good of those versions of yeah. the doctor. And I don't even, I'm not saying that to be kind of detrimental because I actually like that. Yes. I find something very um, attractive about being very much like, look, I know what the ultimate goal is. And I know that the ultimate goal is for the greater good. And so screw whatever the laws are. We're going to do whatever is necessary to get to the greater good. Yeah. And as far as things go, I think he's lost. Yeah. more of the companions than anyone else has, at least in his memory, because he thinks that Clara is gone. Yeah. Or at least, I don't know, did she delete herself from his memory? I can't remember. I feel like that's true. Okay. But uh, we are admitted not lovers of Clara, no. so we could just be making this up entirely in our head. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll figure it out. Yeah, and I think she, so he lost her in the the whole yes. Face the Raven thing. Like, mm-hmm. he thinks that she's dead. She's gone. And yep. then I think she went back and somehow deleted herself, so he doesn't even recognize her. Right. Um. So he's lost her. He lost Bill. Mm-hmm. And where are the other doctors not, didn't necessarily lose their people? Well, so... Well, Matt, Matt Smith, did. I guess, lost Amy and Rory. Yes, he did lose Amy and Rory, but he got to live his life with them. Right, right. And then they're still somewhere in time. Right, they're not right. gone. They're not. They're not gone. Yeah. yeah, where Bill and Clara are gone. Yeah, and in his mind, dead. Really. Yeah. yeah. Gone and dead. Um, and then like with with Rose, like you know, yeah. tenant tenant Ten- lost Rose. Yeah. Um, yeah, but she walked off alive. Like yes. she went and lived a whole yes. life, and she can and she still had her come version back. of the doctor. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, and then like of course Donna is lost in her own sense, but she's yes. still there. But you she's can still, still very present her. to him. Yeah. yeah. And so like where the other doctors still have some ability to you know see their people Mm -hmm. to a certain extent capaldi cannot right and so like the main thing about that is i I love this because um as far as slytherins go whenever anyone's like no i don't want to be slytherin they're like well merlin was a slytherin and Mm -hmm. i'm like let's talk about someone whose ambition ruled all of his Mm -hmm. actions let's talk about someone who lost everyone around him in all of the lore Merlin loses everything. Yeah. Everything. I, tol- I totally think Dumbledore is a Slytherin. I think he is too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ev- like, I, totally think I think Dumbledore it's revealed that he's a Slytherin because of how he's used. Yeah. Look everyone. at how he does. Like being, being a Slytherin does not automatically mean not being kind. Yes. Like you can be a kind person and a loving person and still be a Slytherin. Yes. Because while Dumbledore was very kind to Harry and I think he even loved Harry mm-hmm. in his way. Harry was a tool yeah. to Dumbledore and he yeah. used him. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that, you know, we're going to, we're going to, I guess the rest of the world will see further, like how much he played into Grindelwald's mm-hmm. initial plans. Mm-hmm. But this is something that like Grindelwald's Grindelwald was someone ruled by his ambitions yes. and, yeah. 
and Dumbledore went along with that. Yeah. Yeah, They did this together. Yes, they did. And so I agree. Like, I agree that, that Dumbledore was a Slytherin. Oh, yeah. And he rose very high. Like, Dumbledore did rise Mm -hmm. very high in the ranks. I mean, Um, out out of, I think, two possible highest ranks that you could have mm -hmm. in British wizarding society. And I can't believe I'm using that phrase. He was like, what, high mugwump? Yeah, highest mugwump. Yeah, Yeah, high mugwump. And so, like, if you're talking about two sort of leadership Mm -hmm. positions, um, in British wizarding society, there's Minister of Magic, yeah. and then there's Head of Hogwarts. Yep, and that's it. And that's, he did it. The like two he's top. Head of Hogw- yeah. Hogwarts and highest Mugwump, and he never became Minister of Magic, but he could have. I think he right. could have. Absolutely. Right. And I think that um Fudge, like his um fears that he yes, was going to that Dumbledore was yeah, going to replace DA, him. Dumbledore's army, mm-hmm. like that. That fear comes from the fact that people can recognize ambition on other people. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's um one of the things that I've noticed now. That I've really embraced my Slytherin side mm. is oh I see it I see the ambition in other people mm-hmm. and I see it in myself I denied it for so long I was like no way other people are competitive with me and then I'm like no I'm not competing with them they're no. competitive with me and yeah. the funny thing is I totally don't think of myself as competitive as at all I'm very much a uh, this is such a this is such an old school church girl in me coming out <laughs> but there's a thing that you say among the churchy where we say where we say your gifts will make room for you i'm that person like i'm like i don't have to fight anybody for anything that i have i'm not going to compete for anything i will just be able to sail in there on the strength of my cleverness yes <laughs> and the fact that i'm creative and awesome and by the way cute and <laughs> And there will be a space for me. Like, yes. that's kind of my, Oh, yeah. That's kind of I, my feeling. I feel like every single Slytherin is very clear that they have to fight in tooth mm-hmm. and nail for everything they get. Mm-hmm. And I love that about Slytherins. Yeah. Like, that, I don't that think that's bad at all. incredibly happy. Yeah. yeah so, like, yes. even though it's not in me, I can, I admire it in others. Yeah. Like, I see people that I'm like, these folks will fight tooth and nail. I dig that. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that wishes I could be that person. I just, I get really uninterested very quick. (laughs) I start out with lots of fight in me because that's the Gryffindor that I'm like, I can do this. And like, yeah, but halfway in, I'm like, this is hard. Yeah. Forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. I'm going to drop out. I'm going to go over here with my books. You guys sorted out. You guys sorted out. Let me know what happens. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yes, we do think and we both are agreed we are that agreeing. Capaldi is Capaldi is totally a, to- a Slytherin. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we have sorted the doctors one into each house. It's a very pat, very convenient thing, but we feel very right about it because yeah. we're both Ravenclaws, so we know everything. Yeah. All right. So companions. Where do the companions fall in the houses? We're starting with Rose Tyler. Oh, Rose is clearly a Gryffindor. Absolutely, she is. She's just, again, painted in primary colors. Mm-hmm. Like, we know. Like, she comes charging in. And, of course, the very first, like, reboot, uh, like, the very first pairing of the reboot, of course, was going to be two Gryffindors. Two Gryffindors, yeah. I don't think there was any two ways around it. Like, this is just going to be how it was. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She is. She, one of the problem, one of the reasons that Rose Tyler gets on my nerves so much is because she's so much of a Gryffindor that she never thinks of anything. Oh, first. no. Like she just goes running headlong into anything that sounds right. Yeah. And she could be just 
throwing things all to hell. She doesn't know. She she wants headlong into stuff. And then it's kind of like, whoops. <laughs> After she's wound up in some mess. Like, yes. I mean, even when the doctor, I think of the episode where, oh, she comes upon her father. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, and the doctor literally says, do Don't. not do this. Yes. And she's like, doing it. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's too really bad. Her doing it. That's really her response yeah. to everything. Like, she's the one who thought, I mean, I can cure a Dalit. Yeah. Like, she's just, she does not think at all. And she crawls right up my Ravenclaw yeah. spine. Like, everything she does, I'm like, you didn't think that all the way through Mm-mm. at all. This yeah. is going to be a huge mess. And it is. <laughs> so Every single time. My mom is very much a Gryffindor as well. Mm. And she always talked about, like, we we have talked through the years of where we would be if we were in a military campaign. Mm. And my mom always said that she would be the one who didn't even carry a weapon. She would be the one waving a flag that got shot right away. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything more Gryffindor door than flag. that because she believes she has her beliefs and she is <laughs> going to keep her those beliefs in your face and she doesn't care if she gets shot in the process She's that is my mom holding up the banner yes she doesn't even have a weapon she's not holding a shield nothing to protect her but her ideals her courage that is so gryffindor it really and that is. is so rose it really is Ugh. like oh rose she's not the brightest bulb at no. all she really isn't I mean, you can love her because there's something super endearing about people who are just willing to go. Mm-hmm. Huh, I hate this phrase, but it's the truth. Balls to the wall. Yeah. But there's something <laughs> very endearing about that. But yeah, she's not. She ain't the smartest thing. No. And she tends to mess stuff up in a really big way as a result. <laughs> she literally revived Daleks. Yeah. Like, ugh, yeah. There were no Daleks alive in that world at that moment. And then she went. Ding, yeah. Daleks are Why alive. not? I'm going to save them with my love. You totally aren't, Rose. <laughs> you totally aren't. Like, everything we see her in is just a huge conflama mess. And yet, some for some reason, the doctor thinks she's awesome. Well, because the Gryffindor in him. And well, at him least with, with Eccleston. Yes. 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 And I think the Ravenclaw in... 10 mm-hmm. needed some kind yeah. of Gryffindor. Yeah, to- I think that there's that, but I also think there's the part of him that's just like the little nerd boy yeah. who sees the blonde pretty cheerleader and is like, I love you. Well, in that episode where where we see the war doctor, which we should... What? He's probably a Slytherin too, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, because he was about to do what was... Necessary. necessary yeah right. um and so the episode where we see the war doctor we we see them be called the one who forgets or the one who regrets mm-hmm. so we see that tenant is the one who regrets and then we see that smith, matt smith one is the one who forgets, who forgets. Mm-hmm. and so when you are a person who can't forgive yourself for everything that you've done in your past mm-hmm. the people that can pull you out of it are gryffindors and hufflepuffs yeah that's always how it is like yeah. and i i so relate and connect to that like Mm -hmm. because you know it's part of my my slither claw side is i just can't forgive myself for anything Mm. and so like it's very obvious why i married a hufflepuff because he's the one that helps me like get out of that and so i don't think that the Ravenclaw in 10 and the Gryffindor in Rose was a bad pairing. I think it was a kind of like magical yeah. one in terms mm-hmm. of what he needed. It was a necessary pairing. She's yeah. still not my favorite, eh. but 
I see why it's necessary. Yeah. (laughs) And we'll get to Claire. Yeah. (sighs) All right. But while we're talking about these early days, Mickey. Oh, Mickey. Oh. Mickey is so clearly a Hufflepuff. He's such a Hufflepuff. He really is. Like he is the miscellaneous dude. He's He's the the one that nobody thought any, he's the tin dog. He's the one nobody thought anything about. Um, the one that the doctor calls the idiot. He thinks he's not very smart. Um, and Mickey turns out to be a hero. Yes. He turns out to be a hero because he stays mm-hmm. and he's terrified. Yes. But we see Mickey working through that terror in his episodes. Like he has this beautiful arc mm-hmm. where he goes from being the dude who's just kind of scared and cowering in the corner. But he does it because the woman he loves is out here fighting and he's going to fight for her and with her. And after a while, he starts to see himself as somebody who's worthy of love and respect. And he's just he's there because he's loyal. Yes. He's a loyal member of the team and he just wants to help. Mm. And as he fights through that and he's just kind of doggedly staying along because mm. he's the tin dog. Yeah. Um, we come to find that he has all these gifts you know, that he is, he's actually really good at computers. Yes. He's kind of a computer whiz. And he has this deep down bravery yeah. in him. And the toughness. Yes. He's, yes. he's very determined. Yes. He's very tough. And there's something so beautiful about somebody who says, I'm terrified, but I'm not leaving. Yeah. Yeah. That's so helpful. It is. Oh, like yeah. they put, they push through and they become a big old hero. And I loved that at the end of it, he has found his family. Yes. And now he has his wife and with his wife comes a whole family full of people. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that for the Hufflepuff. I'm totally sidebar. I just played footsie with our producer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally not intentional. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Justin. Sorry, Amy. <laughs> totally didn't mean to do that. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. moving, on, <laughs> moving on. Moving on to Mickey's wife. Yes, Martha. Martha. Oh, my goodness. So, Martha, we love her so much. And the reason why we love her so much for so many reasons. But one of the biggest is because she's absolutely a Ravenclaw. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. She absolutely is. She is the woman who's in medical school when we see her like she's studying to become an actual doctor mm-hmm. um a doctor of like there's the person who's called the doctor and then there's the actual, actual doctor, doctor. And the yeah. actual doctor on doctor who is dr martha yes. dr jones so yeah yeah and i think oh, one of the reasons why um <laughs> one of the main things that she's done that i connected with in my ravenclaw side very much connected with is well, on paper, I should be great with this guy. So yeah. I should try to pursue it. Yeah. And then when it doesn't work out, well, eh. right. Mm. And so I feel like this is definitely a Ravenclaw trait. Like mm. to go, well, on paper, this makes so much sense. Like right. this should clearly. So what's your problem? Clearly. Why, why isn't this? Why? Right. Like, why don't you want this, me? On paper, this is what's important. Like this, what is on paper is the most important yes. thing because it makes the most sense. We're both very smart. We're both so smart. We're, We're both, both doctors. Right, right. What's the like, problem? What? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why? And I have 
literally those words have come out of my mouth. Like, what's the so, issue? Yeah, what's the issue? So I, at least in that moment, I see so much Ravenclaw in her. Didn't we just have this? So we had this discussion kind of before we started recording and we were talking about nerd men who don't oh, go for yes. nerd women. Yeah. And how they're all like, none of these women don't want me. And it's like, dude, it's because you're shooting for the women who don't like nerds. Yeah. Pay attention to the nerd girls who are right there. Yeah, we're here. You. We're here. Like, and so, we exist. Yes. And so I feel like why, I mean, it's very easy to say, okay, well, she's definitely the smartest out of all the companions. So mm. she could clearly be the Ravenclaw. But I feel the thing with her is that the decisions that she makes and how she um, moves through her life, a lot of it is driven by logic. Yeah, it's very logical. Yeah. It isn't about how she feels because right. if it was about how she felt, she would have stay with the doctor right because she's clearly she clearly is in love with him Mm -hmm. and she even walks you through the process when she leaves the yes you know she says look i'm feeling you you aren't feeling me she had a whole she had a speech she had a thesis she was like Like, look here begin like yeah here's my my hypothesis as to why i need to leave now because this isn't working out for us and then she had everything here are the reasons section like conclusion like yes she had all of it right there's nothing more Gryffindor yep. to just be like okay Ravenclaw. well I've thought this through so you need to hear my yeah. logic and I don't care if you don't want to hear Ravenclaw. it Ravenclaw Ravenclaw what did I what did I say <laughs> Gryffindor oh oops yeah <laughs> Ravenclaw yeah yes, sorry. but no you're right if there really isn't anything more Ravenclaw than saying I have outlined the reasons right. why this is the logical conclusion and you're going to stand there and hear me recite every reason. <laughs> and I loved that moment because it was totally not about how she felt. Um, and she didn't even, she didn't even look like, and I'm hurt. My feelings are hurt behind this. It was, look, I've thought this through. It's not going to change. Yeah. This isn't going to turn out the way I want it to turn out. I'm really bright. I just served, saved the universe pretty awesome and i'm not going to stand around here and continue to be compared to your your previous girlfriend yeah. like that's i'm not i'm not going to do that and i loved the totally ravenclaw doctor's response of yes right like it was very it was two very logical people her giving her reasons him hearing the reasons and realizing that she had reached the exactly right conclusion and okay we're walking away from this. No harm, no foul on either side. Yeah. Nobody's mad, you know, and and you just walk away. I loved I loved that moment because it was so not the, you know, crying girl. Why won't you love me? And this manifesto. is the thing. We live in a society that very much wants women to, to be, be heart, yes. not head. Yes. And so, I mean, I almost wonder, like, because we've we've done our whole breaking down of why people didn't like Martha. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wonder how much of it was because she is a Ravenclaw. She yeah. is a logical woman and you don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Because yeah. you want women to be psychotic and to be emotional and, and over the top. Yeah. And she decidedly wasn't at any point. Yeah. Any of those things. Yeah. And so I, I think that, you know, our um, media doesn't do a great job of presenting the logical women yeah. in our in our realms, you know, like in our worlds, um, like fandoms that we want. Like, I think that Hermione is a really important person that represents that. Yes. The the logical woman. The woman who wants to come from a realm of the mind, but we have that tempered by the fact that Hermione's super brave, you yes. know? And so, like, it's so nice 
to have that presented out there and why it's so important to people like you and me Mm -hmm. for many reasons that Martha has ever existed. But I think that that could have been part of why people didn't like her as much because what do you do with the logical woman? Not, I'm, and she was not only logical, but she was supremely confident. Yes. She knew exactly who she was and yes. what she brought to the table. She was not shy in her cleverness. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't shy in her bravery. She was very much, I am a hero. Mm-hmm. I have saved the entire universe. I am brilliant. And she said all of these things and was not ashamed to say them. Mm-hmm. And women are taught to be humble. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be very humble about any of our accomplishments. We aren't supposed to say that we're smarter than other people. Mm-hmm. We aren't supposed to say that, you know, we're braver than other people. We're just supposed to be very quiet yep. about whatever we do. And she was decidedly not. Mm-hmm. And that's so much what I loved about her. Yeah. So, yeah, I think people have issues with Martha for many reasons. Yeah. But I think that's one of the biggest ones that she was not um, humble and soft and yep. quiet the way ladies are supposed to be. Hmm. All right. So Donna Noble. Yes. OK. So I think Donna is a helpful pot. Absolutely. And it, it's all encapsulated in that phrase of I thought I was going to be with you forever. Forever. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sad. You know, he wanted a mate. Yes. <laughs> You're not going to mate with me. <laughs> um, yes. He was looking for a friend in that yeah. moment. And that's what he got. Yeah. Donna. And Donna being as loyal as she mm-hmm. is. I mean, c- come on. How? Okay. So let's, let's just dispense with the fact that Martha's mom is a lot. I'm Martha. I keep doing that. Donna's, Donna's mom, mom is a lot to take. Mm-hmm. And so to be someone, a, a grown woman that's living with her mother, yeah. that cares about her mother even as her mother kind of like steps on her yeah Yeah. i was gonna say a different s word but we're not (laughs) gonna do that is very nevely she's very nevely Mm -hmm. yes and so um yeah like she's she's not treated well by her mother she's not treated well by a lot of people in her life right and so but she's the dude she was supposed to be married yeah uh, yeah yeah. and so (laughs) um like to doggedly follow behind people that she cares about that don't necessarily reciprocate that to her face. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything more Hufflepuff. Yeah. And it's so, oh, I love Donna. She just so, there's, there's such a deep core of warmth and loyalty and mm-hmm. kindness in her. And that's so valuable because even as she's, you know, like sassy and sarcastic as all get out, like, you know, it's, I still ascribe, um, Hufflepuff qualities to oh, her. Oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Who but a Hufflepuff would be able to convince the doctor to save that one family in Pompeii? You uh, know, yes. who but a Hufflepuff could say, please, I know you can't save all of them, but you can save this one. Like mm-hmm. she just wanted, what can we do to let this family continue to yes. exist? She is every bit about family and about friendship and just wanting I just want to be with you it wasn't romantic it was just you are my family now and mm-hmm. I just want to be with you forever um she and and she as a Hufflepuff her bravery comes to the fore because mm-hmm. she wants to fight with her best friend she wants to go on an adventure yes. um she's been so provincial and in this one little spot you know and just doing things the way she was supposed to do them through her whole life and she saw this opportunity to go on an adventure and see something different. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it was probably the sweetest of the motivations to fly with the doctor. It's yeah. just, I just want to see something different. And she's so cute. Like she shows up with her luggage. Like, 
she, she is the Hufflepuffiest. Like she just wants to set up house and right. she brings like hot hat boxes. Yeah. And stuff. it's, it, it's, I feel like people will try to make the argument that she's a Gryffindor because she's brave. But mm-hmm. I mean, when it comes down to it, all of them have some, some level of bravery. Of bravery. Yes. Yeah. The things that make her a Hufflepuff are that, like mm-hmm. showing up with the luggage, wanting to make Hearth and home where she's at. Right. Um, the fact that the, uh, many of the decisions she's making are based on comfort, you yes. know, like the, I love one of my favorite episodes of that whole run is, um, Midnight. Mm. And the fact that <laughs> the doctor's like, Hey, adventure. Yay. And she's like, I'm going to sit here and have a spa day mm-hmm. and that's it. You go ahead and <laughs> you, you go have ahead. fun. Yep. Yeah. And so I love that. Uh, I love that she's making decisions and the very fact, the fact that the very first time that we meet her, she's getting married. She's, getting she's married. literally walking yep. down the aisle and she pursued mm-hmm. um, her fiance at that point. Uh, and uh, like so much of it was the idea of it's time to set up yep. hearth and home. It's time to yep. set up my future and my comfort. And this is what I have to do to do it. You know, yep. like that's that. I, I just see Hufflepuff there. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. Aw, Donna. We love, we love her so much. Okay, <laughs> so from Donna, we have, oh, Amy. Amy. Ooh. Okay, here's my impression of Amy. In my mind, Amy is absolutely a Slytherin. Oh, really? I yeah. see Gryffindor with her. Oh, no. Amy's ah. absolutely a Slytherin to me. And I think, and in fact, <laughs> What, what makes her a Slytherin in my mind for among many reasons is a part where she's talking to those folks, the woman, I guess, who stole, um, River. Uh huh. And she says, oh, you know, that. like, I am her mother. Yes. Like, she got this from her, her mother. Like, there is the part of Amy that is very much like, oh, we're PG 13. Very much, I will F you up. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's she true. Is, and she is, I don't think of her as, I don't think she's evil, but I don't think of her as kind. Um, she's totally not a nerd. Like there's nothing about her no, that seems no. particularly clever. I think she's very brave, but I don't think she runs into things headlong. Mm. Amy seems very much a what's in this for me. You're right. You know what? And it's funny because, um, she, she's had a lot of character development on the show. Mm-hmm. And there are moments that I do think kick her just slightly. And it's, it's the same way that, you know, Harry, Harry Potter mm-hmm. could have been, could have been a Slytherin. He could have yeah. been a Slytherin. I see those shades with Amy as well. So like she's a, what was it? A Griff, Grifferin a or Slytherin? Slither, yeah. Um, because, uh, the fact that she pursued modeling and Ugh. then that led to possibly a rift between her and Rory. Yeah. Like we never thought, no, none of us yeah. ever thought that they would ever split up. Right. Because, because of Rory, you mm-hmm. know? And the main thing that the idea that she is pursuing, cause the, the, when we think back to the future, mm-hmm. the, the dream mm-hmm. that Rory wanted, he wanted the, the ponytail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. He wanted the ponytail and he wanted the housewife yes. that is barefoot and pregnant. Yeah. Um, and then we see that in the actual future, mm-hmm. Amy has gone decidedly opposite yeah. from that. She has become She's a an- fashion model. Yep. Yep. Like, yeah. And so like, 
the fact that they had a rift then mm-hmm. it might have been her ambition oh yeah absolutely. and it might have been that yeah it might that might have been the thing that pushed them apart yeah, because she's what totally could, not a housewife right like, that's I, not what she's gonna yeah be. and that's the thing like what could push a health oh well we'll get to this in a bit mm-hmm. but what could push rory away mm-hmm. um it was probably her ambition yeah and somebody who does not want to be the hearth and home type of no woman at all not. you know she's is she an author she's an author at some point she ends up because uh, she writes that forward on the book, doesn't yeah. she? I feel like she um, ends up an author at some point. I know that like they talk about her like them having jobs because yes. it's like y'all have jobs. Yes. Yeah, what do you think I'm, we're doing? We're not traveling with you. Right. And I thought she was a writer. Oh, yes. She, went, she Did she become a travel writer? Or something yeah. Like I think like she that? did like travel. Yes. She was like a travel journalist. Or yes. Because like it's that. in that episode with the cubes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she became a journalist. Yeah. Yeah. So she becomes a journalist. Um, and that, that's very much in kind of like, I have an ambition for myself. Mm -hmm. I want to do things. I want to travel. I want to be an adventurous. I'm not going to sit at your house and keep your kids and cook you dinner. Like it's not a thing that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they're all of those things read very Slytherin to me. Mm -hmm. And I think. River is very much her mother's child. River is who Amy would have been if Rory never existed. Yep, absolutely. I think there's no doubt, especially because River was there. Yes, in their formative years too. Right, and you see that Amy is very much. She's more Mel than she is Rory. Like she's the one who's kind of willing to do that tomfoolery. Yes, (laughs) with Mel. Um, and at one point, like in my mind. And I'm sure people are going to dispute me. But in my <laughs> mind, Amy was a sex worker at one point. Because yeah. In the beginning, when she's wearing this little old police outfit, yeah. and she was like, yeah, I just do kissograms. And I'm like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, to me, that's a whole role play. Like, yep. you were going around doing little role play things. <laughs> I don't know why Amy is a dominatrix in my head, like a yes. professional dominatrix. Oh yes. But yeah, she is ve- she's very, very Slytherin yeah. to me. Yeah. And I think she was tempered by the inclusion of Rory in her yeah. life. Yeah. Yep. And I, I think I'm starting to see it that way too. You know, yeah. I think that initially I was thinking her of her as a great, uh, Gryffindor because mm-hmm. she is someone who's very brave. Oh, she's super you brave. Know? Yeah. But yes, like I, it's easy to forget the, the much more Slytherin tendency she's had mm-hmm. and I could encapsulate it all in their almost breakup. Yep. Like that, that is very, very Slytherin. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Rory, Rory, we've already said, we've Rory's already definitely said a Hufflepuff. There's just no other way. He really is. I mean, the waited. centurion part of him is nothing but distilled Hufflepuff. Yes. That like, is... I will literally wait a thousand years <laughs> at your side. Outside a cube yeah. for you. Outside the Pandora. I will just and protect you. Um, for, like... He becomes older than the doctor just because, just because he is not willing to budge yep. from the side of the woman he loves. Yep. If there's anything more Hufflepuff than that, I don't know what is. Yeah. I mean, Rory is constantly terrified when he's on the TARDIS. <laughs> constantly. He, he's the one who basically in every episode is trying to figure out how we don't die. Like he's just <laughs> asking the question. He literally says in what, in one thing where they say, you know, will you be staying with us? I think. And he says, what's the answer that's going to mean I don't die? Like, he yeah. just, how are we going to live through all of these adventures we're supposed to be going on? 
I just want to have a good time. <laughs> I'm not trying to hurt anybody. He's a nurse. Yes. Like he's such, he's such a he's sweetheart. So you know, you see him with his little dad. Yeah. Oh God. His Mr. dad who's Mr. Weasley. Weasley. Yes. <laughs> dad, his dad is Mr. Weasley. Um, and so you see when his dad, you see him being, wanting to be a husband and he wants to be a father. Yep. Um, and he doesn't get to be his daughter's father very much. Right. You know, but there's actually the part where he brings her to Amy and he says, she's fine. Cause I've totally, I've already looked her over. Like, it's so cute. He's such a dad. He's like counted Melody's little fingers and toes. <laughs> and so, yeah, Rory is probably the essence of Hufflepuff. He's yeah. the sweetest. And I think that, you know, as much as Amy and Rory are, uh, as much as Amy and Rory are a unit, mm-hmm. I, I think that it's easy to think of, um, Think of Amy softer yeah. than a Slytherin because of yeah. Rory's influence. That's right. You yeah. know, like Rory's influence brings her, her meter a little bit more towards the Gryffindor yeah. side. And whilst, while, yeah, while it doesn't seem like she is a Gryffindor, um, it, he made her yeah. a very interesting Slytherin. Yeah. And like we a see very tempered one. Yeah. It's a, so we see how that can be tempered. Yes. Just a little bit, you know, I from the influence it. of somebody. But I think River, who we love so much, River is the distilled part of Amy. Yes. River is the Amy that would have been without any influence, you know, without any children, without any husband, just full on what's in it for me. Yes. Person. She um, is a singularly, she, entirely, uh, entirely, entirely, entirely Slytherin. Slytherin. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean somebody who's unable to love. It doesn't mean somebody who's evil. It just means I'm willing to do anything that gets me where I want to be. Yeah. And I really don't care about your laws and I really don't care about your morals. <laughs> F and your laws. Like sin isn't a word that exists. <laughs> like I just. I'm living my life exactly how I want to. Mm-hmm. I'm making whatever decisions I want in the moment, whatever mm-hmm. sounds good to me. And you're just going to like she is. And most Slytherins are my grandmother's words, like it or lump it. Huh. Like, <laughs> like you're like it or lump it. I'm going to do it. And you'll either come for the ride or you or you won't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I find her so I love wonderful. It. Yeah, I was gonna say lovely, but she's not lovely. She's wonderful. <laughs> she's she a level wonderful. beyond. Yeah, lovely. She is. Yes. She's wonderful. Yes, yeah. I agree. Um, okay, so now into the territory that we don't want to go into. Clara. Clara. <sighs> so it's difficult because I, I still, after watching her run on the show, I don't know who she is. I think, and I've been thinking about this because I don't like Claire right. very much. And one of the things that I've decided is that um usually a lot of times when you don't like somebody, it's because you see so much of yourself in them. Uh. I think Claire and I are very much alike. Mm. So I say Claire is a raven door. Okay. Um, she's a teacher. She is. So a teacher. she's off the bat. She's a nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's very intellectual. Yeah. Claire is extremely bright to me. Mm-hmm. Um, she shows herself to be equal in cleverness to the doctor in many cases, although I hate to say that, but I do think so. Yeah. Um, and she is the one, she is willing to run into danger. Mm-hmm. Like she is extremely brave. Um, she's an extremely brave nerd, I think. And so 
I think if I had to place her, I would say Ravenclaw, but I think she's right on the cusp and she's probably a Ravenclaw. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that, um, a lot of the, the reason why it's difficult for me to answer is that she, those first two episodes that she was in, if we'd gotten that character, I would have liked her so much better. Just think about the, um, the asylum of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. How, what she was like there. Oh, I even still like use some of the lines that she yeah, said in the episode. Too. It's too beautiful to live. Like mm-hmm. I say that all the time. And, oh, she was such a wonderful character at she the was. outset. I Oswin. still liked her. Oswin. I loved Oswin. And then yeah. I still liked her when she was Clara, the governess. The governess. Yeah. I still liked that character. And I yeah. think it was the Raven door in her. You know, I think um, the fact that she's she works, I feel like um, Moonlighting is a very Ravenclaw and Ravendor Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the fact that she was a governess Moonlighting or what whichever direction uh, as a as a barmaid, Mm -hmm. like, uh, that's just so Ravenclaw. Mm -hmm. Like, I that's (laughs) it. I can't even think of anything because like. Every single Ravenclaw I know has, uh, what do we call it? Side hustles. Yeah. And, and it's more than one thing one. going on because oh, we're yes. interested in everything and oh, we want yes. to do everything. Oh, yes. Yeah. And we can. And we because can. Because we're clever. Yes, we can. You know, and we're so, good at multitasking. Yeah. And I think that where, um, you know, where she didn't work well with either Matt Smith or Peter Capaldi outside of possibly the writing being bad, mm-hmm. which I think it kind of was. But, um, you know, I wonder if she would have worked better with either 10 or 9. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Because to have a Ravenclaw with a Ravenclaw or a Ravenclaw with a Gryffindor would have worked better. Yeah, because yeah. um where her saying because I'm clever to Matt Smith felt like bullying. Yes. Um yeah. and where she where um her saying because I'm clever to um uh, to Capaldi, to Capaldi felt like a prelude to a fight. Yeah, he was just annoyed with her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they were constantly at, you know, at each other's Yeah, throats, they were. Like. It yeah. did feel like that. Yeah. It didn't feel like it worked at any point. Yeah, they did not feel like friends. No. And while I always felt like Matt Smith's version of the doctor loved her very much and mm-hmm. thought of her as his friend and that she did not return it in the right. same way. Right. She always felt like she thought she was smarter than him yep. and better than him. Yeah. And I think that was where, um, the tone was already, the taste, was my off. taste yep. was already off because yep. it just left a bad taste in my mouth because as we said, Matt Smith is a large child and he's a Hufflepuff. And so we see his good qualities, whereas she didn't. Yeah. She tried it felt to like steamroll him. She was being mean him. to him all yes. the time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It totally did. And I see that very much as a, a Ravendor yeah, it quality. Yeah, it is. It is a, it is a Ravenclaw quality that I've seen in myself. Yeah. That, you know, you're, you just kind of, to yeah. people, you brush yeah. them off because you're like, you're not smart. Like, you came to, you came to a gunfight with a knife. Like, yeah. that's the way we kind of relate to right. folks who we think are not quite as smart as we yes. are. Um, and I felt that from her all the time. Yeah. And it made me, irritated like i wanted to fight her on his behalf because it seemed like he never would right like he just took it because he loved her Mm -hmm. and i was always like you're not smarter than the doctor like who do you think yeah who do you think you are oh you're you're probably one of us well you're one of us yeah Yeah. (laughs) and that's why we don't like you (laughs) yeah that's interesting yeah so okay we're gonna we're gonna have to deep dig deep into our psychoanalysis in a future episode yeah all right so Bill. 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 I think Bill is a Gryffindor. 
Oh, mm. I don't know because I see I see Gryffindor qualities with her. So do I. Um, but then I also see I like see Ravenclaw. Yeah, I do too. And so it's tough because she feels like she could be either. Yeah, she like so we essentially ended Moffat's run with two Hermiones. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, in different directions. So yes. there is. The version of Hermione who is like basically too smart for her own yes. good and be- can become mean and dismissive. Yes. And then there's the version of Hermione who is just like, I just want to know everything and yep. I want to see the entire yep. universe because I want to learn. Yeah. And that that is who Bill was to me. Yeah. That she was just intensely curious yes. and she wanted to see everything there was to see because she wanted to know everything there was yep. to know. And not in order to lord it over other people, but just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's very intensely Ravenclaw to me like to me nothing is more fun than research which is completely crazy to other people but I love that I love to have a question I don't know the answer to and have to find the answer out yeah that is so fun (laughs) that is Bill because Bill was always asking those questions the what if well what if this right you know and um I think so the moment of Hermione that felt very very Gryffindor Mm -hmm. um the one moment of hers that was slightly more on the raven or fully on the ravenclaw side as opposed to the ravenclaw or the uh, gryffindor side opposed the ravenclaw side right was when she attacks a teacher like any time that she's literally attacked a teacher Mm -hmm. like she set snape on fire yes um what was the other one she she's done it before they i remember actually the in the show they said you just attacked a teacher hmm I forget who It'll it was. Come back to yeah, us. yeah. We're talking yeah. about Doctor Who. So right. Come on. It, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But right. yeah. So she's lifted her hand against yes. the teachers before. Yes. And this is someone who believes a lot in authority. Mm-hmm. This is how, this is where I see Bill. Yes. Bill is that character that is super smart, mm-hmm. is really curious, really cares about research, but is not above yeah. just being like, you know what? Screw this. Screw this. Yeah. Yep. Boom. <laughs> right. Yeah. And hitting someone, you know, yep. like that's very much Bill. And I see, and this is the thing where, um, I think, uh, Clara didn't work as well because she was too much on the, um, book one, movie one, Hermione. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's, it's enchanted to look like the night sky. Okay. Yeah. We know, we all know that. Like, right. We all right. Know that You're a know it all isn't the the night sky we can like see. we're good yeah. um and so like she was that hermione yes. as opposed to the uh the prisoner of Azkaban and beyond Hermione, mm-hmm. which was not above attacking a teacher if they needed yes. to, which was the Bill side. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think, yeah, I think these two, these two final ones were probably Ravenclaws and yeah. it was, and they, they just kind of express it in different ways. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's funny that they should match a Slytherin with that mm-hmm. or like the, it, it's very interesting who they decided like how they decided to align these characters because yeah. I think um Capaldi worked very well with Bill yes um whereas he did not work well with Clara whereas mm-hmm. Matt Smith did not work well with Clara and I think that um ultimately you know the the person that worked the best with Clara is who she ended up with, which was, uh, me, mm-hmm. or whatever her, her character's name is. I forget her actual, yeah. like, Viking name when she was a Viking. Um, uh, yeah, who is a 
kind of a Slytherin, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. But less of one than Capaldi was. Yeah. Like, I feel like she was more of a, like, let's see the world Slytherin yeah. and see what we can conquer, whereas Capaldi was just squarely a Slytherin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's very much a, you need to get out of my face. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And get out of my way. Yeah. He's very much don't be in my way. Yeah. And I would have liked, now that I think about it, I would have liked to see them find a dynamic that worked better with Clara. I would too. Yeah. Like I didn't like when I, when I evaluate her on her own, Mm -hmm. I didn't dislike her character. How could I dislike, you know, a Ravenclaw? How could I dislike another Hermione, Mm -hmm. you know, but she just didn't work well with either of the doctors she was with. She didn't. And it bothers me because I really like that actress. I know. I just did not like, like, I feel, I want to blame everything squarely on Moffat. Like, yeah. I feel like the writing was just not well done yeah. for her. Yeah. You and know? like, it had been tough, like, coming into this episode because I was like, well, I don't even know who she is as a person. Yeah. And so this conversation has helped me see a little bit more clearly who she is. Yep. And like, seeing this seeing who she is now i didn't i don't think as a character i disliked her i think that the situations they put her in made me yeah. not like her yeah yeah oh god guys you've heard it here we have talked ourselves out of hating <laughs> clara it is so ravenclaw of us yeah. like we have now gone and given ourselves logical reasons why she doesn't suck as much as we <laughs> thought she did and because we cannot logic our way to hating her we have decided that we cannot hate her yep. any further <laughs> because there has to be reasons for feelings yes there has to be i'm there telling you there has to be reasons for feelings there has when to you're be reasons for feelings okay oh, clara we don't hate you we just hate the way you treated our doctors yes <laughs> We love you, Jenna Louise Coleman, though. Yeah, we think you're, you're pretty great. cool. So, all right, <laughs> fine. It's Moffat's fault. That it, it always comes back to that. It's Moffat's fault. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All right. So we have squarely sorted all of our doctors and our major companions, and we've had such a good time doing that while drinking down hot chocolate and sitting over a table of yummies. Yes. This is our holiday episode. And so we're wrapping up this year. Oh my goodness. We're so super excited about how many of you have listened to us and have come along for the ride on the TARDIS with us. We're hoping that you're going to continue to do that. Tell your friends about us. Listen to us over and over. And we are wishing you the most wonderful holiday season. Happy Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, you guys. Yes. But for now, we We don't don't want to go. But we have to. We have to. And we'll see you in 2018. Yay! Bye! Bye.